Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsessions. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today's guest is the actor Karen Moore. She plays the steely, elegant, and manipulative First Lady of the United States, Victoria Franklin, on the Tyler Perry show, The Oval. We discuss what it's like filming the show, working with Tyler Perry, and acting in a full-size building replica of the White House on Perry's 330-acre studio. We also talk about her role as Dr. Bridget Chappell in the DC Universe show, Stargirl. I should note that this interview was recorded in July. As we jump in here, I feel like the question that we do in all of our interviews lately is about the pandemic and quarantine. And my first question to you is, how are you holding up during quarantine? You know, honestly, it's been a little bit tough, but I've kept myself busy. Um, I am preparing to go back into work at Tyler Perry Studios for The Oval. So I've been studying my scripts and I've taken up gardening and some home remodeling. So it's it's been tough because, you know, we haven't had the freedoms that we're accustomed to and, you know, all of the, just, just the craziness. I've had some losses and um, so it's, it's been a challenge, but I have a positive attitude. And so, you know, we'll, we'll get through this. We're a resilient country and um, I think we'll be okay. Well, you sound incredibly positive, especially if you've, if you've gone through some losses with that. So I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, you have to stay positive. I mean, you know what? What else? Can, what else can you do? <laughs> exactly, and I, I wonder. And I'm not I definitely do not mean to sound if I'm if it does sound like I'm making light of anything. But I wanted to go back with the gardening and home remodeling. Is there just stuff that like, oh, I've always wanted to do this, but now I have the time, or is it like new hobby stuff cast for you? Well, the gardening is a new hobby, and I'm so excited because probably about two months ago, I planted the garden, and now I'm starting to see the fruits of it. So it's really exciting just to see something materialize from nothing. So that is not, not nothing nothing I was necessarily interested in before, but I'm just like, hey, I have this spare time on my hands, and I don't want to go to the grocery store all the time, so let's try something new. So that part, and I started remodeling my home just before uh, everything went crazy in our country with COVID. Oh, wow. And so it was a huge unfinished pro- project. And so now I'm just now getting back into, you know, wrapping it up or, or trying to anyway. So, yeah. And then um, obviously you mentioned going back into production for The Oval season two, which I'm stoked after watching the show. I cannot wait to talk about this. But I want to talk about um, this a little bit because it does relate to the pandemic and COVID-19. And very publicly, uh, there was a thing called Camp Quarantine that Tyler Perry and his his team put out that would allow you guys to go back into production. And I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that and how you feel about some of the changes they're making. Yes. Well, Camp Quarantine will uh, consist of the entire cast and crew being quarantined on the campus of Tyler Perry Studios here in Atlanta. And we'll be on campus for about two or three weeks where uh, there will be a series of testing prior to us arriving. And then I have to home quarantine for two weeks. And then when we get to campus, we will test again. And then once that test, we'll do a rapid test when we get there. And once that comes back clear, then we will be cleared to our quarters. And then we will um, we'll quarantine for about a week before production starts. And then there will, there will be testing throughout the process of production. And quite frankly, I, I don't know what it's going to, none of us really know what it's going to look like because of all of the protocols that have been set forth by, you know, the CDC and SAG 
And so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a change, but it should be a lot of fun. So it's, it's going to be a true camp. The entire casting crew will be <laughs> camping out on, on campus. And he has he has enough housing to accommodate everybody, so that shouldn't be a problem. But, you know, knowing Tyler, he'll make it fun and we'll engage when we're not working. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be different, but it'll be interesting. I, I'm thinking about my Girl Scout days. <laughs> so I can only imagine it'll be like, you know, camping in cabins while in the Girl Scouts. <laughs> well, I think at any other time uh, besides this year, the idea of the thing of uh, a thing called camp quarantine would not sound very fun. Um, but <laughs> now with what's going on, it's like, I kind of want to be in camp quarantine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you, and, and I think it'll, it'll think, I think it'll be a, a fun experience for everybody. It, I'm sure it will be challenging at times because, you know, you got a, a lot of adults coming together who aren't accustomed to being together staying together, you know, 24 hours a day. So it'll be challenging. But like I said, you know, Tyler's a fun guy, so he'll, he'll make it fun. Well, and I, I know a little bit about your background, but uh, did you ever do like live theater at all? Yes, I started in live theater and that is where, that's where I got most of my experience starting out. And I love it. I miss it so much. And hopefully one day I'll be able to get back to it after, you know, this craziness dies down. Absolutely. But I think I, I asked that because it does sound a little bit like those summer like Shakespeare companies or those summer repertory companies where you just be with a bunch of other actors you don't know for three months. Yeah. Granted, you could get out of the house and leave and stuff and go bowling or whatever you do. Um, but yeah, it just reminded me a little bit of that. But it's also like a camaraderie that comes about, I think, sometimes with those things. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know what? I hadn't even thought about it that way, but it, it will probably be a lot like that. So, <laughs> just, but just with adults and potentially adult beverages. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So we're going to jump into the Oval and um, I have so many questions, but I just want to hear you describe the show for someone who's never seen it before. Okay, The Oval is about uh, a family that was placed into the White House by a, a very powerful family and, and powers that be. They are completely, um, I wouldn't say that they're unqualified, but they are, <laughs> they're, they're a volatile family. Let's just say that it's a volatile family that's been placed in this amazing position to run the country. And it shows the upstairs downstairs dynamic of the White House. So it kind of pulls back the curtain behind the first family and the staffers that work there. And we follow them home and follow their stories and the drama that happens on their end as well. And my character, Victoria Franklin, she's the first lady of the United States and she is a wild card. She's, she's, <laughs> she's bright and she's determined, but she, she wants things done by any means necessary. And she doesn't care who she rolls over it to make sure that everything appears perfect for the world. So it's a really interesting show. It's like I said, it's pretty volatile, but it's a lot of fun to play and it's a lot of fun to watch. Well, it's interesting you say the word volatile because uh, looking at how people describe your character online, the word manipulative comes up, volatile, uh, conniving, cutthroat, steely. And that's just some of the words I found. Um, how would you describe Ooh. Victoria Franklin? <laughs> I'd probably use all of those words as well. But what I will say is that I think that she is misunderstood. 
Uh, she had, <laughs> <laughs> to a degree, she I'm is so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she, she is all of those things. But, you know, just like anybody else, it doesn't come from nowhere. You know, so we all come to a point in our life and we are who we are based on our experiences. And I don't think it's any different for her. You know, she had a lot of issues growing up in her family and there was a lack of love there and a lack of support there. So she feels that she has something to prove to the world. And because she has something to prove to the world, she wants to be the biggest, the best, the brightest at everything. And so that is where I think the manipulative behavior comes in because she she wants to be viewed as this perfect person or this worthy person. And so she'll she'll do what she needs to do in order to have that perception kept intact. Well, and, and there's definitely this intelligence to her that is beautiful, uh, very entertaining, but also it just goes to the dark place very fast. When I watch your performance, something else I'm in awe of is there's a this this quietness to her versus she's not like a loud character, uh, and she has some loud moments, but she's very um, this a very like almost like a whisper character. And I'm wondering, is that something um, that you were able to bring to the role? Is that written into the role? No, that was something that I brought to the role by design because I think that there is more power in in a more reserved demeanor and a, in a more mm-hmm. quiet demeanor you know people expect that you know angry is loud and boisterous and you know i wanted to show i I think it's a little bit scary when someone is so contained and so quiet and you know if if someone else is is on 10 and you're on two that's a very powerful dynamic there and yes i completely agree it's off-putting to some people right right so that's how i chose to play her because of that i thought that it would be very powerful for her to be you know, more of a quiet, um, observant type of character. And like, like you said, she does have her moments, but for the most part, she, she's always thinking. She's very bright. And so it, you, I hope you see that a lot in the character. And it's funny because this is the first time I've ever talked to you and you seem so nice and sweet oh. and thoughtful. <laughs> and just having watched some of those episodes, like, how does it feel to play? I'm going to just project that it, she's very different from you. In real life, it seems. How does it feel to play that, and how do you separate that and not take that baggage home with you? That's, it's an interesting. It's interesting that you ask that because I was really questioning whether or not I would feel comfortable playing such. I, I consider her to be a villainess. I mean, on on the show, I guess she would be considered to be a villain, and I've never had an opportunity to play that that type of role before. And so it's a challenge, and also it's so much fun because she is diametrically opposite of my personality. So all of the things that I think that I I may have wanted to do or have said maybe inside or under my breath, she gets to be and say all of those things. So it's a lot of fun. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. And it it is a lot to carry though, because there are sometimes there was, I remember there was a scene where there were several scenes where she is somewhat abusive to her children and that doesn't sit well with me. And so there were a few times where I had to deal with that. And there were some personal things that I had to unpack during the course of last season, you know, because we all we all have some dark, <laughs> we all have a little bit of darkness in us, I think, probably not as much as Victoria, but, you know, there were some things that I had to unpack and face and deal with for my own personal life while playing this character. 
But at, at the end of the day, you know, I would really have to drive home in silence and kind of shed that, <laughs> that persona off me. Even coming into work, I had to prepare to, to get myself in a headspace to be that for, you know, eight to 10 hours on set. And I should say the kids are not like little kids and you're not like beating them up. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. For people listening to this who haven't seen the show, I just want it's, to, it's not that extreme, but it is an abusive relationship, definitely. It is definitely. And yes, they are, they're, they're teenagers, young adults. So no, they're not, they're not small children. <laughs> just wanted to be very clear on that. And then um, the other thing I think that's really, well, it, it's fun again, villains are fun to watch, but uh, especially your character, you have some absolute amazing lines of dialogue. And are there any that stand out to you? Yeah, no, um, I don't know that there are any necessarily that stand out. But she, I think, of all of the characters on the show, certainly has the the most interesting quips and comebacks. She's she's really witty, and she's she's quick witted, and <laughs> you never know what she might say. So I'm always even surprised in watching the show myself, even after performing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, she said that. So it's just <laughs> so nothing in particular stands out. I don't think because I think in every single episode she has a moment where she's just you know <laughs> sticking it to somebody. Yeah, and she just does it in just again that quiet way, and it just makes it more evil. And you're like, I, I want to have that person. I want to have that thing inside me a little bit because I'm a very nice right. person, but I don't want to be an evil person, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so Tyler Perry produced all 25 episodes, directed all 25 episodes, wrote all 25 episodes, which is just prolific. What is it like to work with him? Uh, prolific is a, is a wonderful term. I think that he is a true visionary. He knows exactly what he wants, and I think that's why he has his fingers in the entire creative process. He's there with us from... from the start of the day through rap. And it's really interesting. His work ethic is phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know how he comes up with, with all of the material he comes up with. And, and I don't, I have no idea how he's able to, to create 25 episodes of one show and then another show and then another show. You know, I think he has probably about four or five shows that he is writing and created writing and producing in tandem. And so I don't know how he keeps up with everything, but you know, it's a tight ship that he runs. We shoot unlike any other set I've ever been on. We, um, it's more like live theater almost. So we get maybe one or two takes of each scene. So when we come, we have to have our choices made already and it's, it's just go, 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 go. Because like I said at the top of our, our discussion, we only have about two or three weeks to shoot an entire season. Whereas on a regular Hollywood production or regular Hollywood set, it would take probably about six, six to 12 months to do that. No, I mean, I, that makes sense. because I mean, just the amount of like work you're doing. And I read someplace that you guys will... It's very location based, so you will film all the all the scenes that take place in location, not just during an episode, but throughout the season in chunks, which is 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we have 25 episodes and, and, and for those of those of your listeners who are familiar with theater, it's very much like memorizing 25 scripts and then performing them, them out of sequence and performing the scenes out of sequence. So it's really, it is really, really interesting. But for my character, Victoria Franklin, most of her scenes are shot in the White House. So when we were in the White House, that's where we were. And, and you know, it was, it was go time for Victoria. She was on pretty much for the entire day, anytime we were in the White House. That White House set is just a jaw-dropping. What is it like to, even though you know it's a set, it looks like the White House. I mean, what's it like to walk in and be the First Lady? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's really interesting because before we started our first season, we had an opportunity to be there and watch while the White House was being built. So Tyler would take us over periodically and while they were doing construction and, and we would go in and, and be able to walk around and touch things and get a feel for the energy in the place. And so we feel as though we've kind of been woven into the history of his, his um, production studio. So that's amazing, number one. Number two, the fact that he built a White House almost to scale on his campus in under three months, I think, is phenomenal. <laughs> number three, to go there and and in all its glory, it's my house. When I go to work, that <laughs> is my house. And so how many people can say that? They go to because typically, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, for other productions that have been based in the Oval Office or the White House, they have, it's, it's, it's more or less a set or on a soundstage. This is an actual replica of the White House, and it is insane. It's absolutely insane. It's beautiful. It was very, uh, it was very well thought out, and there are so many details that, unless, if, you, if you're ever in Atlanta and when things calm down with COVID, please take a, take, a, take a trip to Tyler Perry Studios and tour because it is really something to behold. It's a lot of fun being there, but it's, it's like I said, it's my house. I get to play in there. It's cool. Well, and also there's like the symbolism, uh, to get like this a slightly serious here for a second, um, with like the summer with bursting with uh, protests against police brutality, especially in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, you know, as a society, it's made us question everything. Um, uh, and that one of the consequences of that is a lot of statues and symbols, especially the Confederate war being torn down. And Tyler Perry's studio is built on an old Confederate army base. So what does that like to not only be producing this show and it being Tyler Perry's studio on that, but also having a White House on that property? You know, it's like I said before, it's, it, I feel as though uh, we've been woven into the history of that studio for, for one black man to own what was formerly a, a Confederate army base is, I don't even have the vocabulary to, to, to express what that means for, for black America and for this man in, in Hollywood. It's, it's really something. And there's a sense of pride that I have in working there and knowing that, you know, we have come a long way, but we have so much further to go. And that part of it is, is it's not disheartening, but it just means that we, ha we just have a lot of work to do. I think for me, I can't speak for anyone else on the cast or crew, but it gives me fuel to go there and know what is possible because, because what we want 
is possible. You know, the equality that we want is possible. And so, so we work for that. We work toward that every day. But I say, even on the show, your character's in an interracial relationship. And I think what's interesting is it's never talked about. It's just accepted. And I think that's also another just wonderful thing about this show. Yeah. And I think that was by design by, by Tyler, because, you know, why is it something that needs to be addressed? Mm -hmm. You know, love is what it is or whatever Franklin, Victoria Franklin and Hunter Franklin have, whatever that is. It just is. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's not something that needs to be addressed, I don't think. So the name of this podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. And I'm wondering, what are you currently so obsessed with? I am so obsessed with achieving inner peace. Yeah, that's something that I am, I, I've been working toward for a long time. And I think a lot of us struggle with, you know, finding a safe place to be at ease and at peace, especially with everything that goes on in the world, especially this summer. This summer has been ridiculous. And just finding, yeah, coming to a place of, of great mental health and stability and mindfulness is, is, is something that I have to work at every day. And so if I were to say that I'm obsessed with something, it would be that. I have to say, out of all the times I've asked that question, that is probably the most profound answer I've gotten. Um, are there tips that you could share for people to, who also want that? Because I feel a lot of us whether we are stuck at home with our families or in different situations or away from them, are trying to find that for ourselves. What would you recommend people do? Well, first of all, I'd say that um, I think, especially since a lot of us are sheltered in place or have been, it's important that you find someone to connect with, whether it be friends or family. I think human connection is something that a lot of us are missing right now because we have had such a such a lack of it because we've had to be confined to our homes. And so especially those of us who are single or who are just simply not able to get around if, 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 if you're disabled or if you're ill, we have to find a way to connect to people. So for me, I've done weekly Zoom meetings with my family. And so it's kind of like a family reunion every Sunday. And so we get on Zoom <laughs> and, you know, we have this good time. And just staying in touch with my family and friends in general, that number one, number two, finding whatever brings you peace. So if that is prayer or meditation or going for a long walk or whatever that is for you, you have to find a place where you can decompress because this world is heavy. And so you can't just carry that around all the time without there being some reprieve from it. From it, so I think that's important too. And three, if someone finds finds themselves in a place where they are struggling emotionally or or mentally, there's nothing wrong with getting help. You know, I think there's a stigma attached to uh, the mental health world, and and people shouldn't be ashamed of it. You know, all of us go through tough times and some of us, you know, more than others, but there's nothing wrong with seeking help from a mental health professional. That's what they're paid to do. It's their job to help us, you know, get back on track and to get to a a safe, um, a safe, quiet place. So those would be um, little bits of advice. So I would say you're also on a very different show on the CW. It's called Star Girl. What if you could tell us about that? 
Yes. Well, for uh, any fans of DC Universe or Jeff Johns, Stargirl is, uh, of, of course, it's a superhero show and it follows um, Courtney Whitmore. She's a sophomore in high school and she uh, transfers into this new high school and she she meets this, this, this group of misfits, so to speak. It's a continuation of the Justice Society of America and the Injustice Society of America. So Courtney Whitmore, who plays Stargirl, is she, she's part, she's, she's heading up the new Justice Society of America. And so it's a really, really cute show. My character is Dr. Bridget Chapel, and she is the mother of Beth Chapel, who becomes Dr. Midnight on the series. And so it's, it's, it's a really cool, now traditionally my character, Bridget Chapel, plays Dr. Mint. She, she t- comes into Dr. Midnight. I don't know what uh, Jeff's plans are. He's the, the writer producer. I don't know what his plans are for my character just yet, but uh, traditionally she does play Dr. Midnight. And um, also my character is a doctor who works closely with uh, Dr. Henry King, who is also Brainwave, and he's part of the Injustice Society. And so it's a really cute show. It's a family show. I would encourage people to check it out. Um, it's diametrically opposite of the Oval. And so you get <laughs> so to you see a me different to it. side of me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you get to see a different side of me. It's, a, it's, it's light. It's like I said, it's, it's superhero. So it's, it's family friendly, and it's a really, really cute show. And I'm, I'm so happy to be a part of it. One thing I'd, I'd like to do is we do a thing called pick one where I give you two or three things to choose from and you pick one. It doesn't mean it's the best one. It doesn't mean the other one's bad. You can talk it out if it's tough, but would you play pick one with me? Uh, sure. I'm nervous. Okay, sure. So the first one is Atlanta or Detroit? Atlanta. Um, singing or acting? Oh, that's a good one. Um, acting. acting. Well, you were a singer for a while, but do you think there's ever a time where, like, where you'd be doing, like, musical theater or something like that, or um, getting back into singing or a role that sings ever, do you think? I think I wouldn't mind doing musical theater or a, a role that sings. I don't think I would necessarily want to go back into the music industry, but if it was related to acting, I, I, I would like to do that again. Yeah, I was to say, this is com- coming in the wake of um, Hamilton coming out on Disney+, Plus, which just seemed to dominate the last week and a half of pop culture. Yes. And it's just, I think people are kind of getting that taste in their mouth again for those kinds of things. All right, the next one I have is Michelle Obama or Victoria Franklin. Ooh. Oh, that is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'd say that uh, Karen would pick Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. and Karen, the person, would pick the Michelle Obama, and Karen, the actor, would choose Victoria Franklin. So that is the right answer. There wasn't right answers or wrong, but that one had a right answer, so that's the right one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, one more Victoria Franklin. Victoria Franklin or Medea? Medea. Uh-huh. <laughs> Medea is so much fun. Hopefully, I've had a chance to um, meet Medea. I'm using air quotes. I got a chance to meet Medea in New Orleans earlier this year at Tyler Perry's uh, Medea Farewell Tour. 
And so I popped popped down there because I'd never seen one of the plays live. And so I popped down there to support and I got a chance to meet Medea and oh my gosh, bigger than life. (laughs) She is hilarious. Hilarious. I say, what what is it like seeing uh, a play with her versus just one of the movies, which are fantastic? Like I said, it's it's bigger than it, it, she is bigger than life. I've never seen anything quite like it, and, and and I don't know if your listeners know, but Tyler Perry is I don't know, he might be about six foot seven, so he's huge. Oh. He's huge. So imagine <laughs> a woman. Six foot seven woman, not an NBA, you're not a, you know, a WNBA player, but just a regular woman with a a gray wig and these shoes, like the shoes have to be a size, I don't know, 15, maybe. Mm -hmm. She's bigger than life and her personality is even bigger than that. So she's a lot of fun to watch in person. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, And this last one, I'm going to admit, this is a little unfair, but I think it just of it, it kind of sums up everything we've been talking about first lady of the u.s or mom to a superhero gosh that's tough maybe the first lady the first lady because her responsibility is to the country as a whole and so she might be a little bit more impactful than the mom of a super may i throw another wrinkle in it it could be the first lady is also a mom to a superhero but uh maybe that's an, that's your next tv show <laughs> or maybe the first lady herself is a superhero (laughs) I want to thank Karen for chatting with me and I want to thank you for listening you can watch season one of The Oval on BET and season one of Stargirl on CW if you enjoyed this interview take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app and if you really like this episode please rate it until next time take care